Signs of the Southland, July 18th, 2022. Mr. Grant, Mr. Purdy, we have a vacation to get to later this week, but we do want to get some content in before we do break for the summer. Mr. Grant, I heard you had some opinions about SEC Media Days that are taking place down the street at the College Football Hall of Fame. I mean, I don't know if this is Media Days in particular because it, it came out a little bit before uh, before the, you know, the, the world descended on Atlanta. I put that in some quotes, if you couldn't tell. Uh, I think Media Podcasting, Days Podcasting, of course, bit, visual medium. Media Days are a little bit uh, banal, if that's how you say that. I don't know. Banal. Words are hard. Banal? That doesn't sound right. I think it's banal. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. We'll litigate this later. Akshay, I'm voting you off the island. Um. Anyways, nice. uh, the the whole Greg Sankey wants to cut mid majors out or reduce their presence in in NCAA tournaments really thinks uh or really fits. Sorry. Uh, well into the theme of our last episode, I think of the future of college sports and. I don't know. Clearly, there's not been a lot of movement on that other than just kind of an out of context quote, but uh, I don't like it. (laughs) I don't know if that's setting us up for a great podcast time here, but uh, at the very least, the future of college sports certainly seems just as up in the air as it was uh, this past week. I'll say this for Greg Sankey. Like he had some choice quotes earlier today about just a variety of things. And, and, you know, things have been sort of, Gathering steam in the SEC the last couple of months and almost up to a year since Texas and Oklahoma declared that they were leaving for for the SEC, it's his job just to like go to bat for his conference, right? Like it, it's like Roger Goodell taking the heat from Congress for whatever Dan Snyder is doing, right? He's doing his job and he's putting his conference out there and being public. I mean, like whatever the ultimate polar opposite of public enemy number one is but for a conference like that's his job so i'm not gonna fault him for saying things okay well let me phrase it this way objectively i'm not going to fault him for saying things that benefit his conference and his interests however i will crucify him for it because that's stupid it is stupid that's where i'll leave it (laughs) Incredible podcasting. Mr. Purdy, do you have any, any opinions on, on Mr. or uh, General Sankey, as it were? General Sankey? Um, I mean, this seems like a massive uh, FU to the old Cincinnati Bearcats who, uh, you know, made the playoff. So I think it would be even worse for those basketball or baseball teams, though, right? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that, that's for sure. I mean, while the SEC's had their stretch of success, see Ole Miss. Um, and LSU and other teams that have made it like and Mississippi like, State uh, and Mississippi State. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. I'd, yeah. The idea of it just means more. It should only be a tagline and not an actual way about way that you do business in this whole thing. The mm-hmm. SEC is not any better than any of the other conferences. And in a lot of ways, it's not as nice because they think they're all that. And there's other every other conference has something to give that represents the diversity of america too so uh hence why i like the current state of things at less than where we know this is going centralization of brands probably a bad thing i mean yeah there's no telling what will happen um 
as we get further and further from our current state, I guess, um, you could end up with something. We already talked about this to death last week, so I'm not going to relitigate it, but like you could end up with the Premier League. You can end up with the EFL and a lot of a lot more stratification. Uh, it's unclear. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I just think that Sankey's an idiot for saying these things out loud. <laughs> uh, not great. All right, what's next? Riveting, riveting start to podcasting today on Signs of the Southland. I'm sure all of us are having fun having talking about someone that is not ACC related and not Georgia Tech related. But I do have good news from the Flats. The 2022 Hall of Fame class for Georgia Tech Athletics has been announced. I think that announcement was either – it was sometime in the middle of last week or early last week, but definitely after we had recorded the previous yeah. Saturday. Um, so your 2022 Hall of Fame entrants are – uh, Georgia Tech football's Andrew Gardner and Joshua Nesbitt, uh, who are both all ACC standouts uh, in basketball. Uh, you have head coach Paul Hewitt, who led Georgia Tech to the 2004 Final Four and a runner-up position in that tournament. Uh, three-time tennis All-American Guillermo Gomez as well. Uh, and then to round out the class, all ACC first baseman with the softball team, uh, Whitney Stripling, NCAA champion, high hurdler, Shantia Moss, and diving All-American Evan Stowers. All of those uh, were from ramblinrec.com. I could give you the years. I could give you the dates. I think a bunch of these are just before our time. But, uh, Jake, I want to kick this over to you since you're the history buff. What do you make of some of these selections? and Do you have a particular favorite that you're looking forward to getting honored yeah um i think uh it's funny to say that uh, i have to speak on these as the history buff because i'm pretty sure a decent chunk of audience uh probably and interacted with you know uh, at least the the football and basketball versions even if they uh didn't necessarily pay attention to the others but uh but yeah no um i, I think probably the headliners of the list paul hewitt and, and josh nesbitt um are well known for all, all the right reasons, you know, uh, Nesbitt being such a huge part uh, of those late Gailey and early Johnson uh, football teams. Uh, obviously, Paul Hewitt kind of gets uh, kind of gets clowned on, I think, a little bit unfairly. Um, maybe that's me uh, with with some with some lenses. But in terms of his recruiting and his his team success, I know, um, uh, you know, those were those were pretty great years. But uh, I, I think my low key um, uh, two favorites on here. Obviously, love Nesbitt, love love Hewitt, um, but uh, Guillermo Gomez and Wendy Wendy uh, Haller, Wendy Stripling, uh, definitely need Whitney. to be um, definitely need to be discussed uh, for their great accomplishments. Uh, if you look at uh, you know the the men's tennis, uh, I guess stretch between uh, those those late twenty, uh, I guess those late aughts, uh, early tens, uh, you know it's. It's really Guillermo Gomez, who was there, Andres Martin, who was there, Chris Eubanks, uh, whatever you want to do to, to fill there. Uh, he was uh, quite good. Um, <laughs> and, and the media guide will back it up just with, uh, you know, him featuring heavily uh, three-time ITA All-American, um, number three in the ITA singles. Um, he uh, was the rookie of the year. Uh, he won the player of the year. 
he won he went to the ncaa men's singles championships all four years um yeah uh you know the team was good then but he was just such a huge huge part of that uh and really uh in terms of singles victories he's only matched by coach uh, kenny thorne obviously this is me uh, paraphrasing a decent chunk of his bio, but uh, I think uh, it wasn't a name that I knew to expect to come this year. But uh, as soon as I saw um, that it was on there, just made uh, a ton of sense. Honestly, I don't really know how they pick these in a given year. Uh, I, I'm a little bit more well-versed in the Byz- uh, Byzantine uh, requirements to get a jersey retired, but um, you know, definitely deserving uh, for Guillermo. And then uh, Whitney Haller, Whitney Stripling, really, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, the best way to, you know, uh, address the preferred uh, reference there. But uh, in, in terms, you know, a uh, uh, keystone player in Tech's greatest run in the sport, yeah, that uh, that was Whitney. Uh, four ACC tournament appear, ACC NCAA tournament appearances, Tech's lone super regional. Uh, but uh, yeah, in terms of the records. Home runs, uh, runs batted in, total bases. Um, really, you can't uh, can't really do much better than that. If uh, pride, really. <laughs> hey, Texas that was Grace my favorite pa- thing. I, that was my favorite thing I learned today was that she was the all-time softball home run leader. So I just that seemed like an important information I should know. I'm like, wait, I didn't know this. This is cool that I now know this because I kind of would have guessed it was someone that played recently, even though that's totally not the case because no one's played enough to get there or been dominant enough. So yeah, that was here. Here's a good, the number is 61 for you trivia answers. Yeah. 61. Jesus Christ. 61. And Uh, and that's the thing too. That was tech's best hitter and their longest sustained run of success. Even though, you know, I guess Trisha Awal did play her freshman year at uh, Kennesaw, but like you need four tremendous years to set all of those margins. And, and that's absolutely what she had. And the team had at the same time too. What I was getting to is like, Okay, so that's 61 homers over four years. What is that's a 15 homer? I guess 15 homers isn't as much as I thought it was per year. But my thought is that is that because there was a bat adjustment across baseball and softball at some point during the early aughts. Because they in or they either went to BB core or adjusted BB core. I'm wondering if that had a had something to do with the number of homers. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, quite the, uh, the rabbit hole to fall into. I think, um, you know, BB core being, uh, (laughs) being brought to baseball is definitely something that we could probably have a full episode on. I mean, that's quite the change. (laughs) Jake, BB uh, core, bad end of episode 30 seconds, throw a couple ads in there. There you go. I think I think we would win there. I hated using BB Corbats in baseball. I'll just put that out there. My best seasons were without those. But also, I I think base wasn't college baseball hitting with with wood before that. I don't think softball ever used like wood wood bats. Yeah. That's that's not you're the, the history, you're the history guy. So you tell. I I was pretty confident in that answer until you said both baseball and softball, and I'm pretty I'm, sure I, that look look you're I'm, the non sports pre- guy. I'm just I'm guessing not to say that you've completely undermined my confidence in something i was very certain of but i'm pretty sure softball didn't have the uh the same uh let's just say bat drama that college baseball certainly has had and again you know the argument being oh they play with wood at the next level 
Oh gosh, no, never mind. We're reeling that back. This is not. No, 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 no. Episode. We're moving on. We're no, moving no, no, on. No. But you have given me a great segue into our next topic. If uh, if Jack doesn't have anything else on the I, Hall of Fame, I do have a last thing. I want to mention Andrew Gardner uh, because well, he was so he wasn't he, he played all of 2015 for the Eagles at right guard, but he also was college football's Iron Man by the time he left Georgia Tech too. He had started 48 straight games, uh, so in a sense, he was college football's Cal Ripken when he was done. So that that that's a notable thing, which I don't. I, my guess is we haven't had someone replicate that since. Uh, so there's, if there, if you wonder why we were good when he was playing, it's because he was also not getting hurt. So didn't want to leave that hanging. True, true, fair enough. Congrats to everyone that was inducted or at least nominated to be inducted. Um, the I think their actual induction is scheduled for next year. It's it's a weird quirk of the schedule. I think it's because. Tech football does not have its usual complement of home games to fill its specialty slots. So that, that they will Mercedes be. Game. <sighs> anyway, moving, <laughs> moving along from that, but yeah, they, uh, they have the, what it's like five home games um, other than the Mercedes Benz game. And all of those are filled by other specialty slots. So this got bumped over to 2023. They will be inducted with the 2023 class next September. I think was the date provided, but your discussion, Jake, on bats in Major League Baseball gives us a great avenue to explore some new additions to Major League Baseball. The Major League Baseball draft began, their amateur draft began yesterday. As we record, this is Monday. It was started on Sunday night from Georgia Tech. Your selection so far through, I think, about two Three rounds or two days, or not rounds, two days, two days, because they've been through at least 10 rounds. Kevin Parada at pick 11 of the Mets. Uh, Chandler Simpson, pick 70 to the Rays. Trace Gonzalez, pick 140 to the Pirates. Zach Maxwell, pick 183, excuse me, to the Reds. Chance Huff, uh, pick 231 to the Nationals. And Andrew Jenkins, pick 267 to the Tigers. Jack, I want to go to you first. Uh, what do you make of the selections? Uh, and especially, I think, at the top, the top line thing for me was Kevin Parada, unfortunately, to the Mets. Yeah, I know. I mean, maybe he's – I mean, he was projected to the Rangers, too, in the most recent projections I had seen, which was the third pick. Uh, so, I mean, his money slot was isn't as much as it could have been, but that's fine. I mean, uh, he'll still – I mean, will he be a Met all the way? Uh, who knows if he progresses well enough, he becomes a valuable trade piece in some places. And we know Steve Cohen is a guy that will spend a lot of money. Uh, so to get the guy he wants, and I bring that up because a guy named Juan Soto is supposedly available right now. Uh, so that is a whole I was, box I was, of Skittles. I was, yeah. on that touch. I was, I was going to say Kevin Parada, you, you know, you might say Mets, but I say future nationals. I know it's very, it, it's, it's a, it's an interesting spot. So uh, yeah, in Texas, he's Texas twelfth uh, first round pick. So very cool there. Um, and then what's it? Yeah. So made, that's good for the Mets. Uh, I say that the Braves have former Met Travis Darno killing it right now as an All Star. And Robinson Cano. Uh, Don't forget and about Robinson Cano. Who the, the Mets Braves. are still paying. <laughs> that's that's that was one of the greatest things. Was Snickers like, yeah, you're starting as soon as we sign you because we're playing the Mets today. Uh, that's a good one, uh, Jake. You had something on Kevin Prada. Yeah, I was going to say, I think uh, despite, you know, the Mets giving me one of my most uh, sad boy uh, sports memories, NLCS 
2015 game four. Uh, that, that oh, I that thought you were going to go for 03. No, 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 no. That was the Marlins, sir. No, no, no. Oh, but, that's worse. Uh, I feel like as the non-Braves fan on this podcast, well, you know, I like the Braves. I mean, my Maddox jerseys. We're, I'm recording Braves this adjacent. in my closet to be near Braves the adjacent uh, individual. Wi-Fi. Yeah, but um, anyways, yeah, I, 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 I don't know where it's hung up on any of my shelves. Anyways, the uh, <laughs> the Cubs fan being impartial with Justin Henry Malloy, Luke Waddell going to Braves, uh, Braves country recently. You can't ha- you can't expect them all to go uh, to go somewhere you want them. And you know if it's if it's Kevin Perrotta of the Mets, he may not be there forever. Um, like we said, I, I think you know Steve Cohen. Uh, could could very well throw him in with uh with uh a Juan Soto Delio. And honestly, I think him falling to eleven is what surprised me more than you know the fact that it was the Mets or you know, you see Huff going to the Nationals a little bit later. Honestly, Jenkins being down in nine coming coming after Huff for Maxwell kind of surprised me too. But uh but really Parada going eleven, I think was I, I don't think I saw him lower than six or seven across the board. Um, in, yeah, in I terms think of most, where he was going. Most and, mocks had him in the top five, uh, and they were saying, okay, he might go three to the Rangers, um, five to the Nationals, I think was the other one. But in all some of these other cases, right, you, to the they already had a top-line – they already had a top-line catcher, um, a catching prospect. And the Mets do too. Don't get me wrong. The Mets the Mets do too if I uh, – uh, from what I was reading on Twitter – um, but obviously assets are assets, right? All of these, all these picks are lottery picks. So, um, all these picks are lottery picks. So who knows? Yeah. And I, I should note, like, there's so many players in the MLB draft. And so you just never know what team is just high on someone that no one else is because it's mathematically extremely possible for this to happen. Uh, so, and then, I mean, the Braves have exploited this as well. So, I mean, in a sense, you should have a variance in terms of projections way more than in football or in basketball, because there's, you just never know who someone's getting at. Yeah. And, and I think that's like the whole pitching versus, you know, college pitching versus college hitting versus high school pitching versus, and then versus high school hitting. And then you can pick people up internationally and, and all that stuff. But uh, I mean, you know, you can, you can talk about best player available all day, but uh I think the Cubs picking up Cade Horton at seven, if we're going to get into our little biases here uh, with Parada still on the board, I get you're not always going best available in, in any sport, in any draft, in anything like that. But, uh, you know, uh, a, a 486 ERA when when you had Tex, a home run all-time leader. And, you know, I'm a little bit biased liking Kevin Parada and, and whatnot. But, uh, and, you know, loving Wilson Contreras, not wanting him to go anywhere. But, um you know, I, I think there's in in all sports, there's going to be a lot of Monday morning uh, quarterbacking or if you will, to borrow a, a different sports analogy in the same way that like the Mark Apple versus Chris Bryant debate uh, could be made. But uh, or, or, or something like uh, Michael Jordan going third overall uh, back uh, in the NBA draft, uh, you know, 40 years ago, that that's something that still gets asked anytime, too. So it it's a draft. You know, I, I think. Parada is going to land on his feet wherever he goes in the same way that like even being surprised that Jenkins went all the way down in, in, in the ninth round. I don't think yeah. we've talked about the down ballot or the down draft guys as, as much, but you know, Jen- just because Jenkins goes round nine doesn't mean that he's 
you know, the, they've got a path. You know, Kevin Parada made his money, and, and that, that check's going to be a lot bigger than the guys further down. But, you know, it, just because just you got uh, a first-round grade next to your name, it doesn't mean that you have more, uh, more shots. Maybe, maybe there's a little bit more investment. But, like, you know, it, it, the same reason, and I don't think we've talked about this at all in any of our socials or in any of our uh, channels, you know, because maybe it's uh, the Diamondbacks system more than anything else. But, like, Tristan English, he's still kicking it out there in Amarillo uh, with uh, with the Diamondbacks system, and and he's in Double A now. So you know it's it's guys that'll take their time, and you know it's it's going to take five, six, seven years. Heck, you know you know Dietrich's bounced in and out of the in and out of the big leagues, down for a couple weeks, down up for a couple weeks. Like that's just baseball. I, I think more than anything, it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out. But obviously, obviously we we would tend to agree that certain positions, certain people have uh, more or different or better fill in your blank, their odds uh, of making it. And, and sometimes that's down to the system they're into, but you know, Parada's going to land on his feet. Simpson's going to land on his feet. Gonzalez hit for average the entire year. Maxwell showed just what kind of pitcher he could be um, in, in the, uh, you know, the, the performance of a lifetime up in Knoxville to close out the season. Huff, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we've seen him uh, unlock his full potential yet, and that that's exciting that he's in the national system too. And then obviously Jenkins, you know that that's somebody who's gonna who's gonna hit. It's just a matter of uh, you know staying consistent and and getting uh, getting those reps in on a on a Tigers team that seems like they could use talent wherever they can find it. So you know, good for them. Yeah. Uh, Jack, you get a last word here on the draft. Uh, Chandler Simpson. As I mean, as much as Parada's great, I he might be actually my favorite to make the league first, just because of his sheer speed, which turns him into like your yeah. Terrence score, still in base threat kind of guy that you just need late season. And he's with Tampa, who, as much as it's insane that they're competitive, considering a they're about their salary, their their salary cap, and their uh, stadium are still competitive every year. So I would not be surprised if he just kind of sneakily climbs up faster because of that. He was a comp- uh, comp- a compensatory pick as well, and not a normal like round pick. So just for categorization purposes. Um, but no, Hey, I mean, Hey, we got six guys drafted. And how about that? That's fun. Yeah. That's yeah, good busy day to day, especially. And so, that yeah. doesn't count signees too, does it? That there were a couple signees. I think Lamar King was one of the commits that was drafted. I think he went in the fourth round. I don't have a full list of those. Uh, all I have are the ones that actually, <laughs> uh went to tech for more than you know a cup of coffee here so uh that's right. something to dive into we'll we'll sort of keep us keep everyone apprised on how tech tech baseball's recruiting class stays together through this period but let's swap from the beginning of pro careers in baseball to the beginning of pro careers in women's basketball because a lot of my has signed with a team in Belgium. Jack, do you want to tell us a little bit about her journey? Yes. Uh, so she did a, she did uh, commit to, or at least apply herself to the list of available WNBA draft people that could be de- drafted in the WNBA. She did not get drafted. Uh, went home to Finland. Uh, I guess they keep training and whatnot. Enjoy life at home because, you know, that's a long way away and very different from Atlanta. Uh, and she got picked up by the reigning Belgian champs uh, in your in whatever the Belgian league is, the, the uh, Kangaroos Basket Michelin. Yes, their mascot is indeed the Basket Kangaroos. Basket Kangaroos. It, I'm if, so if excited. You, if you go to their website, 
for the people that they don't have it, like face shots of in like their like roster sheet, they just put images of kangaroos instead. It's a, very fun to look at. Um, for those that are geography nerds, uh, Mechelen is in the Antwerp province of Belgium and like the north portion of it. Uh, so basically in, in, it's in the Flemish area of Belgium because, you know, there's the Flemish and the Belgian part of it. Uh, so that's where she is now. Um, she is also only the second Finnish woman to make the Eurobasket League, which was the surprise to me because uh, I kind of figure that's a large country, at least by land. I would think there'd be more. But so she's really actually trailblazing a lot here for Finnish women's basketball. And uh, on the podcast that I recorded with her for the technique, she did mention like the fit, the Finnish, at least on the national team scale, like Finland's on the up and up um, and still kind of finding it's finding its ground and getting better. Um, and she's definitely one leading the charge there. Um, so it's good to see tech people making trailblazing new ground out there uh, in other parts of the world and in other sports. She has told me she wants to come to the WNBA at some point uh, if she can get to if if someone's willing to sign her. But uh, so but at least she's landed on her feet. She's got a team. Um, I will also note that uh, Loyola Kubai will be playing in Eurobasket as well with an Italian team. So they'll both be out there in Europe for the for the Winter League, which basically is Eurobasket runs like when EPL runs in all the European soccer leagues. For those who aren't in the Dell, can you explain a little bit of how Eurobasket is set up? I don't have this on the shot sheet, so if you're not prepared for it, I can cut it. But I can kind of, I can try here. So yeah, the schedule is it aligns with the NBA schedule. Uh, so it's your fall, winter, early spring league. Um, your so the biggest clubs that you know of in soccer also have other sports like Galatasaray and FC Barcelona, Real Madrid. They have other sports. They're sporting clubs. They're not just soccer teams. So legitimately, like Michelin, the Kangaroo Basket Michelin could legitimately play FC Barcelona, but because they're but they're playing them in basketball, not in soccer. Uh, so the, the it's a lot. It, imagine if the imagine if the college teams in America also had like a professional element in terms of like development all the way through. Europe has that, uh, and so you end up playing teams more like that. Um, I know Pau Gasol played for one of those teams that also had a soccer club uh, somewhere in there. I forgot which ones he did, uh, but one of the ones in Spain. Uh, so yeah, you play, you, you, there are leagues within just the countries, but it's also, you play other countries because Europe has got a lot of countries in there and it's just, you, you, end up, you end up playing everybody. They have a top flight kind of situation there, hence Eurobasket. Yeah. So my, the way that someone explained it to me, and maybe this helps people understand it, or maybe it doesn't, oh, hopefully it does, but it's sort of, if the super league idea in soccer, it actually happened and you had you know, your international play between all of these champions, not a champions league strictly, but all of these like top brands. And then they went back and also played their domestic leagues. That's the way it was explained to me before. I don't know if that's actually the case case, but I just know they have, they have good teams. This is where uh, Luka Doncic came out of was this for those that know him in the NBA. Real Madrid, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo are the same, as I've always said. Clearly, clearly. Jake, do you have Eurobasket opinions? This is a long shot, I know. I mean, uh, I think that the the team Ben Lammers was playing for in Berlin had a cool jersey, but outside of that, I'm He's not supposed sure to be man. absolutely killing it out there, too. That that's, that's good for Ben. Laminate all those fools <laughs> over in Germany. Also... Still the greatest billboard I've ever seen is the one that was outside of Northside Drive Cookout with him doing the Michael Jordan like wingspan thing and the calculus book. 
in one hand. Oh, oh I hate that I know it, exactly oh, what you're talking no. about. It's, oh. it's, that's that's my favorite Atlanta billboard I, I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, funny. got math. I don't know how I missed that. Uh, the Laminator, really special guy. But, yeah, no, I, I have I have this many opinions about men's Euro basket, and I'm not even going to pretend to know anything about women's Euro basket. For those watching the podcast, it's a millimeter's worth of opinions. Yeah, podcasting again, visual medium. It's uh, it's only natural that it's a visual meeting medium, actually. Indeed. Uh, speaking of other things, are displayed through visual media. Georgia Tech football revealed some new uniforms for 2022. Um, these should be in rotation until 2025, uh, if I understand the uh, uniform contract properly either 2024 or 2025 um i will set the table and i'm I, I you can sort of hear the disdain in my voice so i will set the table with the positives first number one the navies they look good they've gone with a metallic stripe down the sides it's supposed to evoke classic uniforms it's the same uh metallic paint that was that's used on the ramblin rack that's good the uh I think the uh, shoulder stripes and the pants stripe down the leg on the navies and the golds and, I, and also the um, the navies, the whites and the golds uh, all are the same. Um, they have th- these metallic paint is also used on the numbers. That's notable. That's good. Uh, they also have three colors. So that's your navy, your white and your gold slash yellow. Mr. Purdy. I want you to be bad cop here instead of me uh, and dish a little bit on what you thought when you watched this uniform reveal video. Yes, sir. I will. Um, okay. I'll start with, uh, let me at least start with the good because I think the white and blues look great. Just yes, as they are. I, I did not make that clear. The white and blue combinations do look very good. Yeah. I want to everything, make sure that's everything. not lost. I want to clarify everything that's about to come in the next five to 20 minutes here about these uniforms in that we absolutely, we have found no problems with the white uniforms or the blue uniforms or the white pants or the, or the yeah, there was blue pants too. They looked fine. They, they look great. They look like your classic, at least for me, they look like the classic tech that they should be. Come to the yellow mustard. And we have a very different problem afoot here. Um, as we know, the team, kind of they stated with the new with the old now the previous uniform set that they were focusing on the old gold part the last time when we were wearing the russell athletic uniforms pre-adidas i counted four different shades of yellow or gold on the uniforms head to toe which seemed like a problem to me it's like okay we know we have a gold why are there 18 why is there just a bunch of different versions of it here like that's not anywhere else in our school um, and then we went to that one set of gold and it was great. It looked beautiful. I my favorite uniforms were the white uniforms with the gold letters and the gold pants that were that, that just looked fantastic. And it was cause it was the right shade of gold too. Like it was the old gold that, that we had reset to it's on, like you can literally, for those that don't know, you can find the official like colors of the school, which includes some like other colors, like purple and whatnot for other uses, but you can see like the proper color usage for old gold and then buzz gold, which only is supposed to apply on buzz himself. The mascot, the actual fabric that he wears. Um, sorry, I kind of broke cannon by saying fabric. Sorry, apologies for breaking through the fourth wall there. Um, regardless, so the gold that's on these jerseys is not 
the old gold. That's the main complaint here. It looks like burnt mustard. Um, I personally do not enjoy that because it's not a school color. That said, it does it will pop more on television because it's not as sublimated and it's not as I want to say rustic. It's just not as uh the word that we used in chat was a dull. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, not a dull. It, it, yeah. It's drab was another it, word I heard. I, yeah. So it, at least it'll pop more on television because as fat as it is, we play a lot of day games. So we're kind of stuck. Noon the, games. Just, Call a spade a noon, spade. Noon games, yes. First game will be 8 o'clock. The next game's at 3.30, and then the rest probably at, except for the Thursday game at, at noon. Um, so I personally do not like the yellow because it does not look yellow. They did not clarify why it looks that way. Um, it does look like the Calvin Johnson unis from 07 to 10. So intense in terms of but, the classic part of it. But a lot more yellow. Yeah. But a lot more yellow. That's the thing. It's a lot more yellow. Those Calvin Johnson unis had that metallic part of it, which works in the numbers. The metallic is working extremely well inside the numbers. I have no problems with that right now. Um, but the yellow is that's the problem. I'm saying the word yellow and not gold here. That's particularly that it's specific, right? You have to be specific because it is yeah. literally yellow. And I think you I think you nailed the point that when you when you brought up Buzz Gold, Buzz Gold was at one point. Uh, a confusingly large part of our institute's visual identity, right? So you right. log yeah. on to the website and it would be black and buzz gold. It yeah, they, like had, they had to get away Purdue. from that because it was it was just not our colors at all. Yeah, or, or, or like the Pittsburgh Penguins website or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Our, our colors are white and gold. And they 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 made a whole point about, you know, we're rebranding as we go to Adidas. We've, we've done the searching for the gold we looked at the wreck and we looked at uh you know all the other stuff that they looked at it's been beat to death we know what they're talking you you, you know what i'm saying um yeah and then and then you know three years later here we are backsliding after the institute has redone all the websites so they finally are white and gold and has released a comprehensive brand redesign of their own also white gold and navy Clearly yeah. it's clicking somewhere and I get it. Gold is the hardest color to make pop in the right way on uniforms, right? It's, uh, you know, a hex is, can be all over the place. Metallic looks way than non-metallic. And, and I'll add there, the metallic does look fantastic. I don't know if it's an exact rec match or whatever. Give me more of that shiny gold. That, that looks fantastic. Put that yeah. on a basketball yeah. uniform. I think it'll look incredible critically too. you can tell the difference between that metallic gold and notre dame's metallic gold in their helmets yes absolutely it's a it's a darker not darker deeper darker <laughs> shade it doesn't look like Jesus, it doesn't look like mantos everywhere it doesn't yeah. look like the uh the golden dome uh notre dame you know holy gold kind of dealio that they've got going yeah. there it looks it looks more like brass which i think yeah. is when, when we think about white and gold, I, I think, you know, gold just covers such a big spectrum and that really like tech brassy industrial the look is much more than the, you know, gilded kind of gold. Right. And we should clarify, we knew there, there was gonna be a refresh coming. Um, Ken Segura wrote a post when the, when the previous study uniforms got released that there was going to be a refresh in three years, which happened to be 2021. Um, I have emailed the team asking uh, why that was, why this got pushed to 2022 assuming it's COVID and supply chain issues more than anything um, as with the rest of the, the world's issues of not getting things out when they said they were going to pre COVID. Um, so I'll have clarify. I'll have a, I'm going to write a piece about that and clarify all that, all these kind of logistics and other parts of it. I will um, note in that logistical realm before I let you finish, I will note that the, yeah. 
announcement post on ramblingwreck.com did mention that this has been in progress for two years, which would put it summer of 20, right? So yeah, if, okay. if you have, and, and I mean, that it, we know from MLS that that's about the lead time for MLS uniforms as well, right? It, it's, it's two years. So, But notably um, is Adidas. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's all on Adidas for having two-year lead time. So it... It, it, I, I don't know if the answer that you're going to get is going to actually be COVID and supply chain related. I, I mean, I'm interested okay, no, yeah, in mean, the horse's mouth, but yeah, that's also why I asked. And some of the questions I'll ask, I've asked them, which will you'll see later, I were maybe obvious questions, but I wanted to hear from them. Like, okay, like what what are you saying is the case with all these things? Um, so my hope is by the time we record next week, I'll have answers more on like why we got to the shade of gold. Um, and if it is because they wanted to do a more throwbacky thing and just like we just they just felt like picking that shade of yellow was a better fit for the theme, um, which in that, in, that, in that case, I will kind of understand, but just feels like such a quick changeover from finally getting it right, like really right to um, is my thought. And also like that the, the previous set matched, I think, just what tech was in the moment really well. And going back to a set that looks like what we were isn't what tech is now and it isn't in the most public forum that tech gets is not representing visually what tech is at the moment in terms of a very progressive high tech incredibly in intended um modern school yeah so. i think the I, I think the play like if you're going to be very cynical it's sort of a nostalgia play right like yeah. you're you're making a video of using you I'm, every program is going to do this though right like you're making a video with all of these highlights from years gone by notably not a lot of highlights from recent memory mm -hmm. um and you're using that as fodder to you know generate excitement at the program i'm not going to be i guess I, again i'm not going to fault the georgia tech athletic association for doing something like that however like Okay, well, you have, I mean, I'm not going to say the this 2018 set of uniforms were bad. They had some issues. I think that the use of specific colors on the numbers um, and sometimes the way that, uh, and some of the alternates were definitely points of criticism that I would have offered and have offered publicly. Um, but like you said, they fit, right? They fit, the colors worked. They weren't, they were one shade of, gold for the most part obviously the helmet has to be different but the like the pants the stripes like all that was the same thing and now you've just sort of gone away from that in a very very divisive way i think is the best way i can put it politely jake I, you had something I, on this i don't think most people give a damn i don't think this is divisive versus the old ones the old ones were fine they weren't particularly memorable. They weren't particularly good or bad. You said it. They had their flaws. Yeah, sure. Gold numbers on white background, whatever. Gray they devils, et cetera, et cetera. They were fine. Okay, the gray, the, the gray and the black, special uniforms, don't get me going because we know I'll go there. But like <laughs> in terms of like making a pivot, it's keeping them fresh. You know, like I, I don't think you can say that them going, oh, yeah, we don't want this the same stinger stripe as we used to have like on here anymore that's divisive no no uh, frankly well, I yeah, think, yeah, me, no, 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 no 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 i no no y'all got your 20 minutes of rambling in it's time for me to uncork one uh 
I don't think most people care. Like they just want to see a nice looking uniform and, and, and not to push back too much on, you know, you and Jack at the same time here, but like, like in terms of the retro, I don't, there's so much ink that's spilled in the uniform world of like, Oh, cutting edge uniforms, cutting edge, blah, blah. But I think cutting edge, I, some Garbo, like, Oregon gray on military green or what, you Michigan, like Robo Duck? Michigan State putting like neon green. Man, this green is just really not my thing, I'm guessing. But neon green with the weird <laughs> font on their classic darker green. State. Like, mo- modern uniform design can, you, you, you get a good one every once in a while. But for the most part, why are you changing? What ain't broke? Like, I, I get it. You know, text value, text values, sure, yada, yada, modern, cutting edge, progress and service. Those have been our values for 150 years. It's a freaking football uniform. You can't, in, you can't embody modernity. I'm loving this. In a, in a football uniform. Like, it, it's, it's a shirt. Like, it's a fancy shirt that does stuff. Is it functional? Sure. Yeah. Is the yellow gross? Also, yeah. But like, in terms of like, like a lot of this stuff is just spin, right? Like, oh, we're, we're embracing specific teams from history. No, 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 no. This is just them going, hey, we thought those look cool. Here are some clips of Calvin Johnson doing cool stuff. It's white, it's gold, it's got Navy. That's what it needs to have. Whether that's a fresh take on something classic versus modern versus retro all has very narrow lines and maybe this is me oversimplifying too but i don't i don't think any tech person is going oh this is too different than what we had for the last four se- <laughs> three four seasons uh, of georgia tech athletics now i must riot and cancel my season tickets they're canceling them for other reasons trust this me this is true this is true it's not the uniform not that it doesn't matter cuz cuz saying it doesn't matter is i, I think an amplification as well but like in in terms of trying to box all these thoughts it, it it's very hard to do a cutting edge uniform well it's very hard to embrace modernity well it's very hard to throwback well too because like giant pads of the 80s and 90s that's just not what they look like anymore right if you're trying to get that exact same style it's not going to happen in the same way that you're never going to have you know Jeff Sims running out there in a leather helmet for the true <laughs> retro Georgia Tech glory days, John Heisman, William Alexander, you know, throwback, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Heisman was out there. Heisman was out there playing in a white wool shirt with gold, by the way, like that or, or gold tea on it, by the way, that's, that's never going to happen again. Sorry. No. That's a lot of thoughts that I didn't really box up neatly there, but point is, no, I, I see what you're saying. It's you know, I see your thing. There, it's the flip side to every sport. It's just a game. But I, they'll look fine. They'll look fine. It, the yellows. They back. will look fine. The no, yellows back. Let me, yeah, let me go back. The white and blues. I'm gonna love when they play. When they when they wear them. When the yellows come out, I'll be okay. I know this isn't great. Hopefully, I'll understand more in a week. I do want to ask this one question though about the helmets. Um, for those that are wondering if the white helmets are still there. In one of the thumbnails I saw of one of the videos, it was hidden kind of behind whoever was standing there, but I did see it. So I don't think it's gone. I have asked the team whether the honeycomb helmets are going to ever come back too, which I think they really should because those were just fantastic and a thing that only we can really do properly. Um, So, Jack, I got a question. Yes. 
have we uncorked the staff grades yet? And I just wasn't paying attention well. No, or uh, should we thank do you for that? reminding me? Let me let me do that. Well, it'll also be part of my piece, but I want to also uncork that as well. Let me first scroll up. Okay, so I asked on an A to F scale, skipping E, which is very untech like of me. I apologize. Um, we had four people say that they had on an A to F on the A to F scale. Four people have them at B, one at D. Two at F and then four at a C. So basically, it's a C B B minus kind of well, arrangement is where the staff of FTRS labeled them. What did you think? Because I know you voted for all of them to get them all in the reactions. Oh, it's true. I didn't. Where are you vote, falling? Yeah. Um, because of the strength of those, you know, it, if the, if the yellow was just anywhere closer to gold, I would have had them a straight A. Um, but they're gonna fall into a B because of that. Because that, in theory, is a third of the uniforms right there that we're wearing, which drops them from a solid A from the A minus to the B plus kind of area. I think um, also fair. the problem with that is the most common uniform combination, or at least the classic uniform combination is gold helmet, white, uh, white top, and then gold pants. I know, right? I know. Yeah. So yeah. the so prediction- gold pants look particularly bad with the metallic stripe and the yellow. I That's why I hate say... about this. There's gonna be three shades of yellow and gold on this, on that uniform. <laughs> But I think uh, prudent prognostication would predict that you will see that those yellow pants quite often this season. Yeah. I want to fly by one idea that I didn't put on the sheet, but I just want to fly by you. Should there be, because I realize the wreck is a massive mascot for us. Should we have a helmet that has the wreck on it? You know, Chris Pascal asked that on Twitter too, actually. I was doing my my Twitter scrolling, looking at uh, what the uh, From the Rumble Seat world was, you know, saying and being added by football manufacturers and you know all that good stuff <laughs> oh and, god it was and, a mess you know if purdue could put that weird purdue pete old school russian nesting doll looking logo on a helmet i think we could pull it off too i think uh i don't know if i would love buzz on a helmet but i think the wreck could yeah could look pretty i neat. wouldn't put buzz but as a future big 10 school georgia tech it works <laughs> To clarify, oh. disclaimer, not reported, <laughs> not official. I have to provide that legal disclaimer before the state of California decides to sue us because that's what they're doing to UCLA. Wait, wait, uh, are they still HQ'd in, in San Francisco? Can I take a trip out there and just like... No, they're remote it? now. Ah, rats. They might still have Act the building. We'll, we'll have to check that what out. What do you think? <laughs> All I have to say, if you're going to buy one of these uniforms, just... Do do yourself a service and don't buy the yellow one. It'll only be around for a few years, anyways. Um, I, I also did want to clarify the idea that a fresh take it stops after three years. It seems crazy for an institution that's been around since the eighteen hundreds or what. So, yeah, I uh, I will say um, it, it's it is a little bit jarring to see uh, you know just that it is a little bit uh, of a change, but I don't know. Maybe this is my relatively short lens as a fan and long lens as a historian because you know like at, at the end of the day this is really only the i guess this will be the seventh wow seventh season that i followed georgia tech football that seems too many but um no it, it i don't know maybe it's just that i i saw the old ones for three years and then i saw the now old ones for another three years that maybe my staying power just isn't there uh, as me as a person for that perspective but that being said I think at the end of the day, I can't give these a complete grade until I see that yellow out in the sun or or the rain. Uh, of That's Bobby a good Dye. point. 
No, that's a good point. We've only seen them online. Let's see what they look like on the field. Let's let's make sure. Hey, they could look a lot better when we kick off against Ole Miss on that three thirty game. So we'll see. This is like, way too much emotional hedging for me. Well, I just I need you to stop sitting on the fence and just give me give me a yes or no as to whether they're good or not. Think think about how bad Clemson's football jerseys look on television. They look red and blue, and they're supposed to be purple and orange. I, I can't judge Change that your color settings, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it might be on your TV. They look fine. But they but I will say that the whenever they do, it's either the all orange or the all purple. It's like eye searing. <laughs> yes, it is. I my final take on the football uniform stuff is well, yeah, they're only here for th- Three, four years, I guess. And I will say, at least on the refresh scale, like soccer teams do uniforms every year. NFL teams get uniform refreshes. I guess so they can apply for them every five years. I think that's something along those lines. Um, most soccer teams get them every year, I say. I, I, and I mean, soccer teams have had done uniforms before and we've eaten it up, so... <laughs> I guess it's fine. I'm not going to be happy about it, but it's fine. Uh, so let's move on to some quick news items before we wrap up uh, football media days. Uh, we were talking about football just now, but football media days will be later this week. I think that starts on the 21st, I believe in Charlotte. Um, Shauna Span was hired as cheer coach, replacing Daniel Nestor, who left the program earlier this year. And the inaugural Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame class includes six Georgia Tech members, including Clint Castleberry, Bill Curry, Stan Gann, Calvin Johnson, George Maloof, and Larry Morris amongst the inaugural 45-member class. Any other news items that you'd like to go through? I think... uh... It's kind of shocking how long it took Georgia high school football, considering how important that is down here to have a game. But other than that, um, you know, it's it's been it's weird. We're in those dog days of summer, man. There's there's not a lot going on. I guess tech released their 40 under 40 today. But uh, other than that, I haven't seen much news from the big institute either. The closest thing that exists to this Hall of Fame thing might be that exhibition at Mercedes-Benz Stadium with all the NFL players from Georgia on the wall of helmets there yeah i also don't know much about outside of atlanta that might have some good depiction of all the great georgia high school football players but that's at least we've upgraded from that (laughs) yeah this is a 45 member class obviously it's all high school oriented so you're going to see some names that you wouldn't see like at the college level too or even players that didn't make it to the nfl like High school, high school football is a big deal. Like you, you hit it on the nail on the head, Jake. Like this is a really, there's a reason why people rate Metro Atlanta and even around Valdosta for football talent, right? Like, it's a really, really good place for it. But I think with that, that about wraps it up for us in terms of Georgia Tech football talk this week. Uh, Mr. Purdy, you had one thing that you wanted to know before we head out of here. Yeah, we had the home run derby on the list because Ronald Acuna is hitting tonight against Mr. Pete Alonzo in the first round. But as we were sitting here on my phone, I got an ESPN notification that said that the home that the All-Star game after nine innings 
will not be determined by extra innings any longer, but instead a home run derby, as we've all wanted forever, so that we don't have to watch a 12-inning All-Star game, which, granted, last time that happened, Brian McCann hit the game-winning hit, so that was great. But regardless of the fact, you don't have to watch an exhibition game for five hours because the best part might actually be saved for last with some sort of home run derby. I haven't gone in to say, figure out how they, how the person has decided, but I assume it has to be someone on the roster in the moment and not someone you can just pull out of left field from like the, like I bet if I, my, my guess is. No, they literally have to be in left field already. Sorry. Anyways, continue. My guess is you can't just like pull out Cody Bellinger because he's already in Los Angeles to go hit some home runs for you, even though he didn't make the all-star team. Uh, But this is just my favorite bit of news today. Is that finally because it doesn't because you don't play this game for home field advantage in the World Series anymore? We're gonna have the fun with Thank this. Thank God for that. I kind of uh, like that because I'm just I just that that because I like having this game having real like countable meaning. But I mean, I see why it also should totally should not at the same time. Like it is an exhibition game. How can I spin this into Rob Manfred hating baseball more? I don't know. This is surprisingly <laughs> like an instance of Rob Manfred liking baseball. Like this is a good thing. No, uh, he has nailed the to... all-star game portion. He got uh, he got Albert he, he got the commissioner's picks in there, which is giving Albert and and Miguel Cabrera their their time in the spotlight, which they totally deserve in front of the entire baseball world that the all-star game provides. Mariano Rivera is the last example I can think of that got this properly, but he still had to get voted in, like get picked, like it, it, it like it still went through the normal processes. This at least gives the shot for when guys are clearly done being all-star worthy to at least show up in front of the baseball world and get their due get their due applause in front of everybody uh if you do want to spin this as rob manfred hating baseball this is the equivalent of baseball penalty kicks yeah uh, so <laughs> if you want to say that soccer is ruining baseball i think you can you can make that ploy that's so uh, funny jake you have some uh jake give us an update on what listeners can expect over the next couple of weeks as we move forward towards the season yeah um so i'm gonna tease a surprise guest for next week and leave it at that because i'm terrible at keeping secrets uh the week of the first honestly i don't know uh we're still looking to fill this one uh it's august that's pretty much your explainer there we'll figure it out uh the week of the 8th uh, of august history episode so uh you know be uh be excited question mark um the 15th your volleyball preview this schedule's out by then considering i already paid for my season tickets i'd love to know when and where we're playing and who we're playing all that good stuff uh, i know the acc teams other acc teams have been releasing their schedules so we can piece together some of it but just have all of it uh the 22nd uh, keep an eye on that for your men's and women's cross country preview tbd uh on other content we might leak into football a little bit you know with with general football beginning to start there. I see that face, Akshay. We're going to have to talk about him eventually. Uh, the 29th You can't make be... me. It's still July. They are the next game. They are Tech's next game. Like uh, Until volleyball literally. starts. Volleyball will be earlier. It's just a matter of what. Oh, scheduling. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They haven't dropped the schedule yet for volleyball. I Usually that's the middle of August. Um, oh, but, okay. uh, yeah, so uh, the week of the 29th will be football. We bring Robert on, uh, Robert Binion uh, of the Binion Index here at From the Rumble Seat. The Bindex. Uh, the Bindex, as, as I so wonderfully named it. Uh, and, you know, uh, editor of football <laughs> for From the Rumble Seat. You know, the, the thing that gets the eyes on this page anyways. Um, but uh, 
anyways, that'll that'll take us into football season. And by then, I will be readily rolling with content uh, with your fall sports kicking off and the fall exhibition seasons for another not far behind them. Golf, tennis, softball, baseball, all that good stuff. Um, in terms of that, that's what I got for the schedule. Uh, if you guys have any comments or questions, uh, knowing that we are previewing uh feel free to send them to us uh, also history questions uh, we can make that a grab bag but uh we do have a couple topics in mind uh we'll leave that uh as a little bit of a surprise as well but uh siri is now trying to record me so clearly i uh am not doing this outro very well anything else boys before i take us out nope all right. Uh, my piece about the uniforms will be dropping within the next five days, assuming I can get an interview fast enough with the athletic department. Fair enough. Uh, in terms of the rest of From the Rumble Seat, we are deep into the 100 days to kick off now. Uh, and you can find that uh, on the website, fromtherumbleseat.com. Uh, like, or like, I guess, rec. Can you still rec articles? How old am I? Um, comment. Uh, leave us your um Rec is in recommend, Jack. I saw that face too. Um, I see now. Okay. I'm a little old school, but um, yeah, no comment. Uh, we read all of them and uh, we incorporate ideas when we see them. So, so let us know. Uh, we also have from the rumble seat at gmail.com for you to email directly. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at FTRS blog, uh, myself at Jay Grant, Jack at Jack Na Nicholas. Uh, and you can find this podcast, as you know, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Have a great night. Go to the